1: But uh yeah like my, my kids think I'm nuts because like um like the one I did for you most recently with the uh, the the most recent trifecta what was it called uh we don't talk anymore right um almost all of the sound effects apart from I think the gas oven uh, because I don't own one was done with my own microphone just around the kitchen and um, Of course both of my kids are home Both of the dogs are out And I'm trying to get good sound off of it And then my kids are like tiptoeing Through the kitchen (laughs) They're like daddy's weird Yeah it's like Dad Dad (laughs) spends lots of time in the closet Talking to a box He's, (laughs) He's taking a shower I think but there's a microphone Outside of it Drabblecast
2: Director's Cut Special Trifecta Things we made with Adam Pratt. Drabblecast Director's Cut specials are regular monthly features where we bring back a story or in this case, stories from the archives and play them uncut as part 1. Then in part two we replay the episode with bonus commentary on top from the author, or in this case, the story's producer, Adam Pratt. In Part Two, we talk about all the inside baseball that goes into producing a Drabblecast story, from start to finish. Hope you enjoy.
1: Useful Objects, by Erica L. Satifka. After he passes the Age of Reason, my brother chooses to become a foundation. Specifically, the foundation of the New State Capitol Building in Austin, Texas. You've never been to Texas, I say. It was the best opening they had, he replies with a small, sad shrug. And you get weekends off. I'm still working the counter at Jiffy Mart delaying the inevitable at a pointless task nobody asked me to perform. My friends have all gone off to be fire hydrants, or ATMs, or jackhammers, or five-piece dinette sets. Undifferentiated, the makers call shirkers, like me. I hear them whispering through the thought rays that emanate from their human-powered satellites, saying, Choose. Decide. Be of use. And I reply, not yet. A bell jingles, and I look up to see a woman, in mid-transformation, barging into the store. Probably just took her injection after a weekend of rest. She's half-human, half-vespa, and her chassis scrapes the paint off the doorframe. A little hell? I sigh and maneuver her through. I would have just brought her purchases out to the parking lot, if she'd asked me to. What do you need? Motor oil. Oreos. I tuck the items into her saddlebags. No charge, of course. As I close the door behind her, she belches a cloud of exhaust into my face. The transformation complete, she idles at the corner until a passing maker hops aboard. It pops an Oreo into its mouth and speeds off, jagged teeth covered in chocolate bits. The makers are alive. But they're not organic. The division between living thing and object doesn't exist for them. And they have a hard time believing that we care about such a piddling thing as keeping our own bodies. To a maker, a job's a job. And we all play our role. Except for us selfish, undifferentiated types. Choose. Say the voices in my head. Decide. Not yet, I say. Piss off. That keeps the voices down. For a little while, anyway. The Maker's home is as artificial as they are. A spherical factory orbiting a distant blue sun. No nature, just industry. They arrived in the bodies of the last race they'd conquered. Ships that died on contact with our atmosphere. The ships died happy, the Makers told us, knowing they had been of use. I'm not so sure about that. It was a slow invasion, masked as a self-improvement regimen. None of my friends really had a job. We were all living on plastic, taking useless classes at the community college to maintain our health insurance, while we pretended our parents' basements were fabulous studio apartments. The lines for the Makers Employment Center stretched down the sidewalk like an ant trail. Except. I kind of like the art history class I was enrolled in at the time. I didn't mind living at home. And anyway, injections hurt. The makers tend to their human machines like careful gardeners. They shamble down the human-lined streets on their twisted insectoid legs. And every day, I feel their alien hate pulsing at me. When they were full-time people, My parents used to telecommute, so it made sense for them to become a house. Which is great in one way because I don't have to sleep in a stranger's armpit, but it's also bad in another because there isn't any privacy. Sex becomes unthinkable in a house built from your parents' bones. I think that's why my brother's moving so far away. I'll miss you, I say as I watch my brother pack his bags. He's already taken his starter injections. And his words come out thick and gravelly. Stone Man. You could come with me. I don't know anyone down there, I say. I don't add that I don't know anyone here either anymore. We don't wear name tags or anything, so you only know your friends when they transform into their part time human forms. And useful objects don't want to hang around with undifferentiated slackers like me. All right, you. You'll still be able to read, won't you? Of course I'll be able to read. I can do anything you can do, except move. But you get weekends off, weekends, he says, and alternate Wednesdays. I don't take public transportation anymore, and I don't dare climb in a taxi not when i could be entering the cab of my hated fifth grade teacher luckily i only live 10 miles from the ocean i grab my trusty bike which was never alive and pedal down to the coast choose the voices say Contribute to be i pedal faster because it's november The ocean is deserted. I take off my shoes, roll up my pant legs, and wade into the brackish water. I choose to be the air, I think. I choose to be the rain on my face, and the rocks beneath my feet, the waves crashing over the rocks, and the sun beating down on the waves. I wish to disappear into the earth itself. that's something the makers can't give us, for these things have no function. They are not of use. I stand in the ocean until the pounding rain becomes too much to bear. My teeth chatter, but I just can't bring myself to leave. The rain drowns out the voices, and the dark keeps me from seeing the boats in the distance and wondering who they are, if they're anyone at all. Someday, I know I'll have to choose. I I can't remain undifferentiated forever. Not yet, though. Not yet. I'm not nearly ready yet.
3: Metal and flesh. By Stephen R. Stewart Sato lay on the cement floor of the workshop in a pool of his own blood and tried desperately to get Kuro 4's legs working again. The robot, in turn, tried to deal with the gaping wounds in Sato's smashed leg and pelvis. Go stones were all over the floor, scattered like black and white drops of rock. Go had been one of the few games Sato and Kuro 4 could play together to pass the time. A.I.'s had trouble with Go, and Sato could hold his own against Kuro-4. Sometimes, he even won. The Go stones had rested in two worn wooden bowls on the table by the main hatch. Now they were mixed together on the floor, blood and hydraulic oil oozing around them like a slow river. Sato twisted his torso, torqued the wrench and finally popped the release that allowed the panel of Kuro-4's lower back to slide open. The effort made Sato's head spin. Outside, the cold Martian winds buffeted the workshop walls, causing the metal to groan. The asteroid strike had heated the alloy, but now the temperature was falling back to normal. The light's overhead dimmed, but stayed on. The wry eyes on Kurofor's face screen studied Sato's worried face. If the impact left even a third of the solar panels intact, Kurofor said, That should be enough to keep life support going. Sato grunted. Sweat poured down his face. If I don't get your legs working, it won't matter. All the suits were in the DCOM chamber, and the asteroid had torn that room in half. Rescue would take 44 days to arrive, and if Kuro 4 couldn't walk to bring back supplies, Sato wouldn't last half that long. Well, work faster, Kuro 4 said. You're letting me win. "'I've already managed to repair three of your major blood vessels.' "'Out of how many?' Kuro-4 was silent. "'You've got it easy,' Sato said. "'No pain.' "'On the other hand, the mechanisms you are working on are simple compared to the human body.' "'It, it repairs itself. What could be simpler?' Kuro-4 smiled. "'They lay on the floor side by side for almost an hour, a yin and yang of metal and flesh.' They talked back and forth, each contending their job was harder, that they were winning the competition to see who could fix the other first. Neither admitted how scared they were. Eventually, Sato's hands went numb. Reassembling Kuro 4's servo had been difficult enough when he could feel the pieces. Foggy and frustrated, Sato lay back on the floor and struggled to catch his breath. The cement felt soft, like a down pillow. When Sato looked up, Kuro-4 was studying him again. What's that face? Sato asked. What are you thinking about? Back home, AIs aren't recognized as living beings. Sato struggled to sit up. Why are you thinking about that now? The network says the other buildings are breached, which probably means you're the only living human in the complex. If you die, they won't spend money on an evac mission to save me. The dark eyes on kuro 4's face screen were weary and afraid. I'm in here, Sato. I know I can't prove it, but I'm in here. Sato put a hand on kuro 4's shoulder. I know you are. They worked in silence. Once, Sato almost fell asleep. A few times, he forgot where he was. Finally, Sato said, Fire up your voice recorder. Why... Sato blinked to stay awake. I'm dying, Kuro. Fire it up. A blinking red dot and jagged green line took the place of Kuro-4's face. I lost, Kuro-4 said blankly. I couldn't save you. Hush, Sato said. I'm recording. Sato cleared his throat, summoned the last of his strength and willed his voice to clear. Then he spoke. Command? Visuals on the fritz, so I'm in audio only. This is Sato, still scraping by. I'm really anxious to see you all. Quick status report. Sato continued until he'd said everything he thought Kuro 4 would need. Kuro 4 listened in silence, the green line on his face screen spiking along with Sato's voice. When the recording was over and Kuro 4's face screen returned to normal, there were tears streaming down his artificial cheeks. Recut that any way you need to, to make, make them think I'm still alive, Sato said. Then they'll, then they'll have to come. Kuro 4 smiled through his tears. I don't know what to say. I'm never going to be able to top this. Sato took Kuro 4's cold metal hand, smiled, and faded away.
4: By Robert Dawson. I was half starved. My head ached from a long day of selling commonplace vacations to difficult customers. And if I missed the 517 drone bus, it would be an hour till the next one. Without slowing from my clumsy run, I cyber-visualised the timetable. Bus times hovered in front of me in glowing red letters, while a calm voice told me that my bus was running four minutes late and that I could catch it at a walk. Gratefully, I cancelled the app and let myself relax. I was out of breath, my shirt was wet with perspiration under my jacket and my shins hurt from the unaccustomed exercise in office shoes. For a 26-year-old, I was in poor shape. I got to the stop just in time. As the bus slowed to a halt, a sultry and not overdressed brunette materialised in front of me. She leaned provocatively against the bus shelter, hip jutted, blocking my way onto the bus... ''Hey there, big boy,'' she breathed. ''Want to make yourself irresistible to women?'' Her perfume made my nose tickle and my eyes water. Real perfume would have been illegal in a public place, but they claim that nobody is really allergic to stim plant sensations. ''All in your mind?'' ''Yeah, sure.'' I stepped through her onto the bus, swiped my card and turned towards the rear. There she was again, standing among the other passengers, toying with a button of her tight blouse. "'Didn't you hear me, honey? I'm here to tell you how to get any woman you want. Me, for instance.' The door chimed and closed. The bus started moving. Those of us who were standing swayed and braced ourselves against the acceleration. She stood motionless in front of me, ignoring the handrail, brazenly flouting Newton's law of motion.' Where the hell was her cancel button? So far, only a few Maverick advertisers ignored the law outright. But more and more pop-up designers were making the buttons inconspicuous, forcing you to spend time interacting with their creations before you could exorcise them. Last year's ubiquitous red circle X was a wistful memory of more civilised times. There it was. A tiny silver glyph like a piercing stud on a pouting lower lip. I reached out my finger, like choosing a floor in an old-fashioned elevator. But she shook her head. "Uh Uh-uh, stud muffin. It doesn't work like that. Even bad girls deserve a goodbye kiss. I muttered something ungentlemanly, leaned forward and pecked at her intangible lips. She vanished. I glanced quickly around, but apparently nobody had noticed. There was still an empty seat beside a white-haired woman wearing jeans and a powder-blue sweater. I sat down before I could make myself any more conspicuous. From under the seat came a sinister rattle. A big brown and white snake slithered out and started to weave menacing loops on the floor around my feet. Its back bore the name of the Prime Minister in clear block capitals. I stepped on its head. It vanished with a puff of smoke and the rattle stopped. Ah... That's better, isn't it? said a soothing, friendly voice that came from everywhere at once and only I could hear. This June, vote for real change. The woman beside me was looking at my foot. Was that the snake, dear? Yes, I admitted. Across the aisle, a thin girl with dreadlocks seemed to be picking something out of thin air. Sometimes I wish I'd never got stimplanted, planted you know... I actually believe the government's doing an OK job, but stepping on the snake is the only way to get rid of it. Otherwise it follows me around all day and gets louder and louder. And even then it just keeps coming back. Oh, I hate that one. You mean you've got a stint plant too? Sorry, that was rude. I apologise. It is mainly a young people's thing, isn't it? But my son works in Shanghai and my daughter's in Lagos, and it's almost like being in the same room with them. But is it worth the pop-ups? I need my stimplant for my sales job, but otherwise. A tiger, the mascot of a breakfast cereal that I had bought a few times, stalked along the aisle and paused in front of me. Have you had your quinoa puffs today? It asked reproachfully and walked on. She gave me a sympathetic half-smile and nodded. I almost got mine taken out last month, though it would have broken my heart. But I got an ad-blocking patch instead. I thought those didn't work. My son works for Cybella. He gave me a copy of the newest product. That was thoughtful of him, wasn't it? It would have cost me $300 otherwise. And I'm on a fixed income. Worth every dime, I thought. Where could I buy it? I think you can download it. I'm not absolutely sure, though, because mine was a present. I brought up my visual display and Googled... Sure enough. Sibella, Shanghai. Add proof. She smiled. "That's it, dear." She patted my arm almost too gently to feel. I authorized the payment so eagerly that I made a mistake on my password and had to try it again. After a few seconds, the world around me began to fizz and sparkle as the patch installed. I smelled mint green and tasted furry pentagons. A million ice-cold ball bearings slithered over my skin. When my senses cleared, the seat beside me was empty. I guess I'm slow on the uptake. I actually looked up and down the bus to see where she'd gone. And then, from somewhere under my seat, I heard an all too familiar rattle.
2: i'm here with adam pratt uh sorry adam pratt see that i don't know if you knew this by the way but <laughs> this has been an ongoing <laughs> o- ongoing inside joke where i used to get adam's name wrong uh pronounce it wrong and uh after that it became part of my actual lexicon of things i would say. it was really hard for me to break out of it and apparently it still is because i'm here with adam pratt <laughs> right did i get that right there adam? you go yeah
1: yes, you did, and and uh as much as I, I would like to share the same uh, pronunciation and, and uh, try to claim uh, being a relative of Tim Pratt, uh, I, I'm afraid I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But Adam is our, um, our producer at Draplecast
2: along with me, and uh, I've worked with him for a long time. And uh, uh, I got him over at Escape Pod uh, for whenever I was the editor over there, and he's always done great work. He's got a great ear for, for audio. And we're going to be listening to what you just heard, Trifecta Special um, from Drapalcast 373, Things We Made. So how are you doing Adam?
1: I I'm doing okay. Um I I have a uh, one sick kid at home so <laughs> if we get uh, interrupted in the background that uh, that's why but um I will say that is the least number of uh, sick family I've had home all week. Yeah. It's the joy of parenthood. It's definitely a
2: joy in audio production too. Or you know when you've got to do an intro and record and yeah. you get cold. Uh, have you had that experience?
1: I, I've had that experience. I, I had one uh, when we were over at Escape Pod, where I uh, I was doing a Ken Loach story, mm-hmm. and I mispronounced through the entire thing. Uh, Oh, and I'm going to do it again. Nuclear?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. You got it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. That's the one that always gets me. I did it wrong through the entire thing, and I lost my voice that night. <laughs> <laughs> and Divya comes back and says, hey, did you know? And I went, oh, no. And I, I uh, literally got on there and sent her a voice memo, and I and I went, um... If you i would love to make the changes but this is literally my voice right now and i don't think i'm going to be able
0: to
2: <laughs> wow. I've, I've had some notable ones myself with um, I, I didn't I mean there's so many words in the English language right I mean everybody's gonna mispronounce something if you haven't heard it
1: before I know right
2: yeah and so I never judge people for mispronouncing <laughs> stuff but I mean I remember one time I there was a story and I kept on saying um, Gloucester instead of Gloucester because how the hell am I I don't even know where that <laughs> I didn't at the time know where that was <laughs> but man people ring me on it and I had to go back and, and um, at this point with us we don't even I'd rather go Late with an episode, or figure out how to swap something, than to have to do the republish yeah. and the patches and stuff, you know, because uh, it does take you out of the story.
1: Yeah, 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 no, and I, I couldn't blame with that, but uh, yeah, like my, my kids think I'm nuts because like, um, like the one I did for you most recently with the, uh, the, the most recent trifecta, what was it called? Uh, we don't talk anymore. Right. Um, almost all of the sound effects apart from I think the gas oven. Uh, because i don't own one was done with my own microphone just around the kitchen and um of course both of my kids are home both of the dogs are out and i'm trying to get good sound off of it and then my kids are like tiptoeing through the kitchen (laughs) they're like daddy's weird yeah it's like dad Dad (laughs) spends lots of time in the closet talking to a box he's (laughs) Taking a shower, I think, but there's a microphone outside of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of kids. I think it's natural for kids to think a dad is weird, and so you're just kind of running with it, you know. You got your own brand.
1: It's a Adam branded weird. Well, no, and this was something I was—I've always been meaning to ask you about because, like, you—you um, you seem to have a very different voice from like your narrator uh, or your. Um, intro and outro host voice. Yeah. It's like it's two different people, and, and maybe it is. I don't know. Um, it's true. Oh, boy.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't know how much audio processing it takes to make Norm sound the way that, that he sounds in your ear holes. <laughs> anyway.
2: Yeah. Well, no. Honestly, is that enough I, of a tangent? No, that's a great tangent. I mean, I become a different character when I'm reading a story or uh, or hosting because I want to slow down my pace and I want to um, you know it's, it''s it's not completely different you know I, but I do try and change the timbre of my voice in a different setting and it helps me have less flubs uh, I certainly slow down everything my heart rate and such hmm. forth uh, it's the only thing I can really do because the, the fast thinkers that I know and, and fast people in general the hyperactive types have a hard time reading stories because like time works at a different space for them like when I get audio back from them it's like dude, they can't finish a sentence sometimes without having to restart or without kind of crushing a word or speeding something up. (laughs) So uh, it helps me to think like, okay, if I'm in front of a stage or an audience, I'm playing a character and then boom, it just, it's easier. Everything's easier. You imagine the character you're going to be. And, uh, I don't know, that's, it's, that's a great segue into the general question of like, so I send you a story, um, and I, you know, I'm in a a unique position as an editor and producer to have to divvy up work like that. A lot of people just get to focus on one, but I'm always thinking of production as I, as I work as an editor. So I'll send you stories based on kind of like, oh, this is what Adam's good at. He's sound effect oriented. Um, and sometimes it's like, oh, maybe this will be a challenge for Adam or I want to hear his unique take. But when you get a story, what is your first step and how do you like proceed through all that to make the production? Happen.
1: Um, I use a, uh, a text-to-speech program hmm. uh, as the first step usually um, because I I, I want to hear it in audio as opposed to just seeing what it looks like on the page. Mm-hmm. And uh, another reason for that is I can get a real uh, believe it or not even with text-to-speech you can get a real good sense of the emotional content. Mm-hmm. Um, there there've been sometimes just listening on uh, that I I start you know crying or whatever because it's. Like the story's that good and it comes through even that kind of mechanical voice. Wow. Um, But that usually gives me a good idea of, like, you know, what what is this going to sound like in my ears and and who would be a good match for that? Um, And then usually, you know, it'll it'll sometimes depend on whether they're a good match, who can do accents, um, the sort of balance of male and female or neutral um, or, you know, non-conforming voices that are within it. And seeing, you know, okay, who can do that well, who's can give me a, a knockout, crazy alien voice? You know I, I have some standbys who are just absolutely fantastic on turning it back around to me quickly. Um, and I'll do that if I'm on more of a deadline. If sounds much of a deadline, then I, I might go more field, and then usually they'll they'll get it back to me. I make sure I do my basic filters on it, you know, uh, take out any noise that might be there, um, any pops and poops that slip through and make sure that we take those out uh and then actually what i'm usually doing next after that is figuring out the music soundtrack um i think that that really sets the tone Mm -hmm. um for the whole piece and uh kevin mcleod is kind of my go-to really awesome and, and, uh, really great ways to filter by length and the feel of it and, um, um, huge library too. So, um, he's, he's kind of my, my go-to. Then once I have that track laid down, I'm happy with it. Um, then I'll usually go through and and start laying out my sound effects. Uh Um, and I, I'll, um, a lot of times just make a list of every single sound effect that I need. And then Uh, freesound.org is awesome has a lot of really great stuff out there my first go-to or if there's something that i can make on my own uh and that i i know that i i will have that ability and it'll turn out well i'll just make it myself
2: absolutely yeah that's essentially my process too and uh I don't know about you, but f- producing the Draplecast since 2007 taught me how to do this. Like, I mean, that's I've learned through th- doing, essentially, and making and creating, which is, of course, the name of this special things we made. Um, but, you know, the easiest part, I think, has always been, like, what microphone to get, how to figure out the software, like, the actual technical pieces. Like, you can find most of that online or with friends. But, like, the piece that's harder to learn is is that uh, how do you get point A to Z, you know, like, with the actual story, making it a cinematic thing, which... Mm-hmm. You've said before, and I agree with that, separates Drabelcast a little bit from other podcasts. Is we try and create experiences that are bigger than, I mean, the text of the story. I was really moved by you saying that just a text to speak program made you cry. That's a really good story. And the stories we try and produce are the best that we can find uh, and pay for. But uh, there's more that we could do to enhance and build an atmosphere uh, that really is magical for people, Mm -hmm. I think, that other podcasts don't tend to do. Yep. So this is Kevin MacLeod here, right?
1: Useful objects. By yep, by definitely. I'm a sucker for piano. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> um, I think it, it's really one of the, to me, with the most emotive instrument out there. Um, so I'll take advantage of that all the time.
2: Yeah, Kevin's music works Um, good for production, too, because the fact that it's very, like, ambient and drone-based. Like, this thing started out with just that cello mm going, and then the piano just does a note. Yeah. Yeah, It's not
1: too complicated. Well, and and to be fair, he does also write a lot of really bombastic stuff. But I'm not picking those. You know, I'm not um, scoring a movie um Mm -hmm. you know i'm scoring a narration right um so it it's kind of a different deal like you can you can score a big bombastic battle scene you know uh with with music and not have to have any sort else on top of that Where, where we're talking about the they just talked about the person mid transformation here coming through the trying to reach through the door um Anytime you hear that, that shop bell, that that's the same shop bell sound effect that I've used for every story for cast whenever it's needed. So that's, uh, a, that's my own personal Wilhelm scream, I guess. <laughs> I use
2: that shop bell too, so I guess uh, it's, it is a Wilhelm scream at this point it's like, because it it's the standard shop. It's the perfect
1: shop bell. You can't there you do go. better. A bell jingles, and I look up to see a woman in mid-transformation. You also oh, had
2: um, some of the effects on the voice with yeah. the aliens and the makers and this. How did you get those effects and voices?
1: The makers are alive, so uh, what I did with the ones who are transforming after I recorded everything, I had the sound effect in a separate track and I um, there's what's called envelope uh, which lets you very precisely increase and decrease the volume and I made it match exactly the waveform that was on top of it so that the volume would match my my voice as I was doing those characters. Uh, which is insane um it's it was so time consuming um to, to try to match that up um but but that's you know i was like well what is a gravel man stone man voice and i was like well you just gotta match the gravel stone sound to the voice i don't know how else to do that yeah i think the effects of the makers um that sort of metallic sound a lot of that um was actually some free sound uh dot org ones that i i'd come across of just like people banging and sliding knives against each other um and and that that was intentional i wanted that kind of like sharp sound to me they they just seemed like they were real pokey. You know, I I picture them being very spider-like with with like, almost like bladed feet Mm. in a way. The makers tend to their human machines like careful gardeners. They shamble down the human-lined streets on their twisted insectoid legs. And every day, I feel they're able. They're
2: like -like. Mm ice-pick-like.
1: Yeah, exactly. Choose. Say the voices in my head. Decide that, like, choose, decide, yeah be of use. Um, I, I actually, if I remember right, I recorded each of those twice and overlapped them huh. um, so that I could actually, like, make them have a slight delay in between the two of them and give them that kind of, like, creepy feeling of, like, there's multiple voices that are talking to you in this sort of whispered voice.
2: I think you put it in stereo too, didn't you? Like left and right,
1: because so it kind of fills your head if you've got headphones. Yeah, yeah. like me. All right, you. You'll still be able to read, won't you? Of course,
2: I'll be able to read. It's yeah, that's the gravel, right? So it sounds like there's actual dust or dirt falling from yep. his voice.
1: Yeah. I just, I love the the concept of this one in terms of like. You, you know that quote of like nothing is more necessary than the unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a lot of what this story is getting at is just like the beauty of this pointlessness, yeah. you know, and, and doing something that there, there's not a need for, um, and, you know, like people who take art education or, you know, art history degrees, you know, like, Oh, how are you going to make money with that? You know, it's not the point. Um, and, and I, I really loved being able to, to, to convey that in this story
2: yeah I felt like you were a millennial mm-hmm. sitting there talking to me from your parents basement that wanted to get back to uh, back to his roots I wish
1: to disappear yeah. into the well and uh, I love the, the, the music sun. on this is just perfect too. For these things have no function I don't know I re- really get a good visual with this one of just like him standing out in the middle of a, the freezing cold ocean mm-hmm. um, and that the whole part in there, I was like, I wish to be, um, you know, the sun on the trees and the trees themselves, and the, you know, just that. I know I'll have that imagery is ah, so spot really on. Very powerful. Forever. Mm-hmm. Not yet, though. Not yet. And then that last line, I'm not I nearly not finished yet. It's hmm. nearly ready yet. I
2: uh, love it pause it real quick so do you ever have you ever made yourself kind of tear up by reading a story like live and recording it oh
1: absolutely yeah um i think that was one where i was starting to choke up a little bit <laughs> yeah and and i was just like man just run with it you know let let that go in um because it it's gonna it's gonna show up in the final product
2: those are one of those moments at the end of this story where it spoke to me and a lot like what you said in your interpretation it's like there is this cultural phenomenon of the makers moving and do-it-yourself culture and it comes from this tech industry Silicon Valley kind of thing and it's always tied into 3D printing and Um, You know, it's gotten into more traditional artisans and but people have been making stuff for for so long and and I'm so appreciative of it. I mean, I I consider myself a maker a lot anybody who's able to create stuff, but this idea that um, giving everyone the tool to to move from a passive user to an active creator isn't anything new um it's just become easier and easier but um to get lost in that space and to constantly be thinking about creating and innovating and becoming a, a tesla car or whatever kind of car she was i can't remember
1: who, um, Vespa.
2: yeah vespa that's what it was um as opposed to just being and to listening to the ocean and, and to it's, it was powerful for me when the character decides to become the ocean mm-hmm. and the leaves and everything
1: i didn't even make that connection to like the makers movement i just you know was was thinking of it in terms of like the whole idea of like oh you got to go and make something of yourself you know like oh. the, the idea of a, a useful object being like a, a being useful in society um and this kind of being a pushback against that of saying like you know you're still valuable even if you aren't a quote unquote useful object
2: see that's why i love doing these adam because i hadn't thought of that perspective yet like it's uh i heard yeah. that these things were called makers and people call themselves makers and i was th- really focused on that aspect but you're totally right it applies in both settings
1: what we make of ourselves you know yeah and it's like you know sometimes you 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 are val like, like mr rogers you know like you you are you are fine just the way you are
2: yeah all right let's hit this next one this is uh all right. uh, I think Trendane Sparks read this, right? Metal and Flesh yeah. by Stephen Stewart. Trendane's amazing. Yep. He's one of your go-tos,
1: isn't he? He is. Absolutely. Yeah. Ah, oh, got the piano.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, any story that's got an AI that is broken and a human trying to fix it or vice Metal versa.
1: <laughs> by Stephen R. Stewart. Yeah, well... The image that comes to me with this one is um, the the yin yang symbol Hmm. and I think that was intentional Mm -hmm. Um, of like they're you know literally curled one up against each other each trying to fix the other and they're kind of like you know metal and flesh you know like that's dark and light you know these opposites going on Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of the I remember the Sato
3: could hold his own Kuro. that
1: machine effect was a purchased one um, of just the, the sound of you know the the Mars station going on in the background <sighs> like a slow river and I think at one point in here there's Sato like a torso, there's like a metal a wrench, cooling like tick 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 kind of the the
3: effect yeah. on. the wry eyes on Kuro 4's face screen studied Sato's worried face if the impact left even a third of the solar panels intact. Kuro4 said, That should be enough to keep life support going. Sato grunted... See, it probably
2: took you 30 minutes just to get the mixing right on how to make that that uh, crunchy sound in the background not overwhelming. It's perfect, mm-hmm. I think. I think you did it perfect. If the impact left
3: even a third of the solar panels intact... Kuro4 said, That should be enough to keep
1: life I swear, support going. The, the hardest thing to create on a voice is um, that robotic effect. Yeah um because like if you just try to a vocoder to it um about half the time what you end up actually doing is just ruining the intelligibility
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true less bit like so
3: trying, yeah yeah it's it's so hard out of how many kuro four was silent you've got it easy sato said no pain on the other hand, the mechanisms you are working on are simple compared to the human body.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what. The reason I keep going back to Tran is—is he? Oh God, he just lives it. Mm-hmm. Um, like you just—I hear a pain in that voice, you know, when when he's playing talking with a human. Um, you know, an exhaustion—it comes through. And and um, the other thing about him is like he'll—he'll he'll do extra stuff just to help it go through like um toward the the end of this story because he you know he starts recording um just b- basically b-roll <laughs> uh audio just to just to put in there and i i said to turn like hey i i kind of want like after the story keeps on going i want to be able to give this impression that you know this this probably took him a long time mm-hmm to keep saying and and talking and and keeping it on going. Can you just give me like, you know, some improvised um, dialogue, or I guess it'd be a monologue, of what he would be saying? And if you listen in there really closely, you can actually hear it after the narration keeps going, ducked down real low uh, volume is some of that improvisation of him continuing to record.
3: Sato cleared his throat Summoned the last of his strength And oh, healed God, his voice this... to clear Then he spoke This is a different music piece behind it now Command. It just wrecks Visuals me on the fritz, so
2: I'm in audio It gets day. positive Like it's Interested we have the, a major see. key drop in
3: Quick status report Ooh. Sato continued yeah, it's until he like, said everything he thought It
1: really supports like Kuro Yeah this is super sad But it's like what a beautiful thing This guy's doing voice. Yeah. You know like he's for his robot friend, you know He's like, okay, I gotta do this Because either way they're gonna come get him mm
3: mm-hmm. Recut that however <sighs> you need to To make Make them think I'm still alive Sato yeah. said
1: And just yeah, like the little got... things he's doing there Like, too, just You know, you could do a straight reading of, like Recut that however you need to To make them think I'm still alive hmm No, Tren reads this Recut that however you need to To <laughs> <laughs> make them think i'm still alive you know i'm exaggerating it but you know like he's actually taking a deep breath and he's exhausted and ah. Uh, yeah yeah it's so good pop-ups yeah. so
2: third one here is uh yeah, let- pop-ups by uh nick pop-ups. Uh, nick ham is the narrator and the, the pop-ups is by robert dawson yeah i
1: love the piano in
4: this I was half starved. Yeah, the music. Is perfect. From day of selling
1: it reminds me of, um, like Looney Tunes, whenever they have like an industrial yeah. kind of crazy thing happening.
4: Um, um and it's very specifically
1: like Looney Tunes that this one really reminds me of.
4: Yeah. And I, I love that it's
2: four. a texture change in sound, too. The first two stories are more contemplative, and you've got music that really cha-
4: breaks out the out mood. In mm-hmm. One. My shirt was wet with perspiration under my jacket and my... Got those, uh, running to footsteps the going. ...to the, the next one. Without slowing from my clumsy run, I cyber-visualize the timetable. Bus times hovered in front of me in glowing red letters, while a calm voice told me that my bus was running four minutes late and that I could catch it at a walk. Gratefully, I cancelled the app and my second. Definitely
2: gives that feel of being late for, for a train. For a. Mm hmm. Um, yeah,
4: the
1: other thing I I really liked about this one is I was like, I need some auditory way to express that visual. You just heard it there. Yep. of like that Yeah, where it comes in and it's actually a different sound from when they disappear hey there, big boy. Hmm. like it goes <laughs> uh, when they appear and then uh, they, it's an
2: disappear. inversion it's an inversion of the first sound I do, do that a lot too
4: mm-hmm. but they claim that yeah really and, to I mean that's
1: uh, they'll do that a lot even in like uh like if you see step Hamilton, the bus. Yeah. Uh, or listen to Hamilton. Um, they do that with characters. You know, like they all have a a different way of expressing it just based off of the way the tone goes.
4: The bus started moving. Those of us who were standing, swayed and braced ourselves against the acceleration.
1: This I love the way the music changes.
4: I stepped through her onto the bus, swiped my card, and turned towards the rear. There she was again, standing among the other passengers, toying with a button of her tight blouse. Didn't you hear me, honey? I'm here to tell you how to get any woman you want. Me, for instance. I changed. love the timing that. on that. We yeah. 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 It's like, me, for instance, Even and it's like, ooh, sultry. sultry. Yeah. yeah. Handrail, <laughs> flouting Newton's law of motion. So good. Where the hell was her cancel button? So far, only a few Maverick advertisers...
2: I love how uh, it goes away here, and you've got that kind of, like, actual field sound of being on a train. So it places the scene in a different kind of setting and moves you towards somewhere else.
1: Is that it's, it's still there through the whole thing, um, but it wasn't quite long enough to fit for as long as I wanted it to. Hmm. So if you listen really close, you can hear where I loop it. <laughs> That's tricky. I, I probably had to loop that about five times. Yeah, you know people don't notice it's like the, the loops because they're focusing on it the like, words and... mm. No, no, no. I do it all the time. There's a lot of times where I'm just like, oh, this is like oh, 10 no. seconds short I need another 10
4: seconds loop 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 <laughs> There was still an empty seat beside a white-haired woman wearing jeans and a powder blue sweater The,
1: the trick to that <laughs> is, is right you myself can myself. actually see it on the waveform um, it's like where it starts to narrow down on the volume just a little bit. That's usually a good place to cut and loop it. But
4: um, from under the
1: seat where it talks about him seeing boy. the the old lady there that he talks with for the
4: first time. Mm-hmm.
1: The volume's way 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 down compared to the others, but the pop up appearance effect is there. Hmm. Oh. That's better, yeah. isn't it? So, Is it it's sort of like how he came didn't came quite notice point point that point that point she was a pop-up. You could also go by it and not notice, "Hey, that was a pop-up appearance sound," but it's there. Yeah. Right when she first appears.
4: me was looking at my foot. Is that the snake, dear. Yes, I admitted across the aisle a thin girl with dreadlocks seemed to be picking something out of thin air. Sometimes I wish I'd never got stem planted, you know. I actually believe the government's doing an okay job, but stepping on the snake Such is the only dystopia. way to get rid of it. <laughs> Otherwise it follows me around all day and gets louder and louder. And even then it just keeps coming back. Oh, I hate that one. You mean you've got a stim plant too? Oh, sorry, that was rude. I apologise. It is mainly a young people's thing, isn't it? But my son works in Shanghai and my daughter's in Lagos. And it's almost like being in the same room. A tiger, the mascot of a breakfast cereal that I had bought of.
2: It's, this story is so Black Mirror, isn't it? Do you ever watch that show?
1: I, I actually have not been able to see it yet, but yeah, it seems to have like similar themes.
2: Yeah, I would I would just run every story on there for Drabblecast if I'd got those stories first. They're just, they're right on target. This, this story is like, I mean, anybody who's seen Black Mirror is, will agree that this is very much in that vein of technology and how it changes work. culture. And that like sound effect versions, that bloop, bloop, that you got is, like, straight out of Black Mirror, you know? It feels like that is the kind of thing that they would p- make a production choice to use.
4: Yeah. Worth every dime, I thought.
2: So this narrator, Nick Cam, is somebody you use a lot, too.
1: Oh, yeah. He, he does awesome, awesome stuff. Especially if I want, like, that, that British effect or a very proper kind of sound. Um, I, he's, he's kind my, of my go-to. Yeah, I used him on I Will Remain. That that was the one of the first ones back after the the hiatus. Yep. So um,
4: um, after a few seconds, the world around me began to fizz and sparkle as the patch installed. I, I love. I smell.
1: I love this effect t- here yeah. too.
4: Very pentagons million ice-cold ball bearings slithered over my skin. You furry pentagons. How did you... (laughs) A pentagon, yeah. How did you
2: find that sound effect? It's ball bearings. Sounds like an eruption.
1: I think that was a purchased... That was actually a purchased one, and I I just kind of... I couldn't find anybody who had what I I wanted, and then I just started going through some of those ones where you can buy individual uh, sound effects, and I just, like, I I need, like, static, creepy kind of sound that way mm-hmm. and and that, yeah that's when I ran across I love
2: how you get the music to come back in at the oh, end I do that all the time too where you've got kind of um, it wraps mm-hmm. the story up with the same music you used at the beginning and the end yeah timing wise I mean that's it's so important ha, you know
4: ha, ba, 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 ba,
1: ba, ba. God, that was so good yeah I love that yeah I'm like a the back thing back I like actually, about it that
4: so is that I had an old too familiar rattles.
1: it just sweeps in it's it's acting like you know okay the snakes there but it's also like maracas yeah there just how discordant that is
2: yeah i mean it's a great piano track and it's perfect for kind of leading out of the story too it's it's different from the beginning with the straightness of that playing it
1: Uh, but yeah that for some reason that that trifecta is just one that i go back to over and over again and it's I mean, I think it's the variety, and it's just the the quality of, of um, what what Turnday and and Nick were doing there, and um, it, it's actually one of the the few podcasts I have saved so it won't delete after it's done.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> If you think about the levels of things that we made, like you and I, Adam, uh, and the editors and the staff. So we get hundreds of stories sent to us every week. These smaller stories that are all a thousand words or less, we keep in a folder and wait for the magical moment of, of inspiration to hit and go, that's that's a theme that can make a trifecta. And then we buy those three stories out of thousands and put them together in um, and, and an editorial process and get contracts. And then we send them out to somebody like you after it's gone through all this stuff already, you know. And then, then you t- pick up the ball from there and run mm-hmm. the Olympic torch of uh, the next step further with the narrators that you, you call and you get in- involved with and the musical choices and buying the sound effects and the order of the stories and the timing of the stories. And then it all comes back to me. I put in an intro and an outro that fits this overall theme and idea of things we made. And uh, it connects and it started from the very beginning with a, a vision and idea. And then it ended with the same thing after going through God knows how many steps.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a team sport <laughs> for sure. Definitely. Um, anyone can do like a a straight story podcast, mm-hmm. and and those are good, and I like them. Um, but I think you know we're we're kind of we're we're turning the dial up to 11.
2: <laughs> it's true. We don't have the video component to go with cinema, so it's a weird gray line that we kind of ride with mm-hmm. having audio cinema in a way. Um, you know, I've I've I don't know about mm-hmm. you, but I've gone through. All the steps to make the music and all of that happen because I love the cinematic stuff. It is fun to do a lot, although it's backbreaking work. Um, you know, sometimes it takes an hour per minute of production if you're really of makes it perfect and putting a lot of cinematic elements into it and then at the end of the day I've, there's a couple stories that I can recall that I just took all that out and had mostly a straight read or some pieces with music in it because it just it was me imposing what I wanted on the story as opposed to working with the vision of the author which is where it all started you know
1: yeah and I mean that's kind of how I, I picture my job with this is that like I, I need to use the effects in the music to create a visual picture Mm-hmm. you know in that that whole theater of the mind thing <laughs>
2: i know i love it too until until next time though uh i guess what's the next story we got you up for i think i'm gonna send you some women in aliens month story for march uh
1: i think you need to send it to me man I, i'm
2: waiting on them yeah see that's what i'm talking about these deadlines it all comes back to this guy here i'm I'm, I'm the biggest roadblock to my own podcast <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and do that now while it's fresh on my mind so you can get going on it. But uh, I look forward to hearing it. I'm sure our listeners do, too. All right. We'll look for it, man. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Adam.